threatening to execute the the doctor and Romana and Garon. And the doctor finds his voice and says, No, no, this, this must be a mistake, case of mistaken identity. Don't shoot us. And then um, he pulls Garon in front of him. And then Garon drops to his knees. He says, um, No, mercy, um, Graf, mercy. And uh, Graf calls him a says, get up, you cringing cur. And, uh, so the doctor says, yeah, you cringing cur. And then the Graf says something rude and um, it smacks Garon across the face with his gloves. And the doctor grabs his gloves back from him and says, don't hit the cringing cur. And goes and smacks goes smack the Graf with his own gloves. And then he takes him away from him again. And he says... No, that's right. Take him to our to my quarters, and I might enjoy squeezing the truth out of him later. So they're herded away by their guards. So Graf goes to the captain in the relic room, and the captain has seen that the gold is gone and says that the thief must have been interrupted. Um, and he sees there's a hole cut in the relic case, and the, um, he doesn't see anything is missing, but he thinks what well, he must have known what he was doing because there's this expertly cut hole. The graph comes in and he's very upset that his gold is gone. And <clears throat> the gra uh, captain says, "Well, he's called the seeker, this old, a wise woman who can find out where the thief is to, has gone, and they'll they'll track him down." Then the graph notices that the Jethric is gone from the case. And asked, "Is this the blue stone? This is like, I know nothing about this. There's nothing missing from the case here." And says, "Do you even know what screen stone is?" And he says, "I've never heard of it." So the graph is into a whole other level of being ticked off now. Meanwhile, the doctor and Garon and uh, Romana are locked up in the graph's quarters. And uh, with Sherlock, and he's uh, asking the questions. The doctor's uh, he asks what this device does that uh, Romana has, and before Romana can answer, the doctor jokes and takes it from her, and so it'll it tells time on nineteen different planets, and it'll even peel your apple, shine your shoes, and jokes with Sherlock, and <clears throat> Sherlock finally leaves, and. Um, Uh, before Sherlock leaves it, um, there's a beeping noise from Garon's communicator and he tries to reach up to the bug that he had hidden and the Sherlock grabs his arm and smashes his communicator and injures him and then he goes off and locks him in and Soth is um, in the city trying to hide out. He's trying to call in to Garon on his communicator and he's getting no response, obviously. The doctor is talking more with Garon and um, Garon says, well, yeah, I've 
be happy to tell the graph you're not with me, but he says, it won't believe me. He says, Dr. Wool, there's no point in telling him. It's like, we'll all die together. And um, then he gets up and says, oh, enough of this. And he says, cover your ears. And he pulls out his little dog whistle. And he whistles to call to K-9. And you see the TARDIS door open and K-9 rolls to the front of the opening. In the concourse area, we see um, an old man pull aside a curtain and whisper to Arnsoff, help him hide. A guard comes by searching the area um, and looking for the thief and talks to this old man. He talks to him enough to remember his face and then remembers and calls him Binro, Binro the heretic. And then there's some words and then the guard shuffles off. The seeker has come and older woman with white face paint and antlers strapped to her head and skins and a smock and she casts some long bones on the floor and chants and says a incantation and calls to find be shown where the thief is and she is shown that he is at the place of fires in the concourse as they call it so the graph and Sherlock are um, standing by and they say that they will follow them to this concourse and take the guards, tell the guards they may need to fight their way out of the city. So the doctor's talking more with Garon. Garon's telling stories of uh, his greatest uh, swindle that he ever made and, and they're carrying on laughing and Romana's pacing very impatient and finally blows up at the bench like you're just chattering how and there are men outside planning to kill us and the doctor calms her down and tells her to sit and says if you when you face death as many times as I have this is much more fun so he tells has her hear from Garon um, what the Jethric is tell us about the Jethric so he tells him it's this powerful mineral that can fuel warp drives and other things and uh, the doctor wants to know how long he's been selling Jethric mines and Garen says mines? I don't sell mines I sell planets so then he wants to know about the graph so J uh, Garen says that to the doctor that the graph is well he's a cold-blooded maniac he likes killing people he's this emperor of Lavinia and he was a tyrant, terrible leader. He amassed a force to invade another um, another area and while he was gone his half-brother took the throne and when he came back his people didn't want him. So now he is exiled and he's looking for a new world, a new place to regroup and mass an army to retake his homeland. Outside uh, uh, Sherlock tells the guards that the thief is in the concourse and they will go to the concourse and once they find him they'll take what they want and kill everyone 
with no no witnesses uh, in the concourse. Dr. Ramana and Garon listened to this at the door. Sherlock has Crow, one of the guards, stay behind to guard the prisoners, and then he'll probably he'll probably hear the fighting from where he is when he does uh, kill the prisoners. So they wonder, oh, what what can they do now? And Garon says, oh, if only my communicator wasn't didn't get smashed. Um, and uh, I only have this. It only go one direction or something, and the doctor looks at it and he can't really fix it. But Garon says, oh, I have this little device I planted earlier, and he grabs the bug back out from under the fire pit, gives that to the doctor, and the doctor sets down to work with that and his communicator. Unstoff is uh, talking with Binro, who had saved him. We talk about him being called Binro the Heretic, and he says how he he thinks that the points of light in the sky are not really just ice crystals. He thinks there are other suns like theirs, and there are other worlds out there. And Unstoff says that he's actually from one another one of these worlds, and this Binro has been shunned and a broken man now but Unstoff says that one day they'll they will say that Binro was right um, the communicator starts working and beeping and uh, Unstoff tries to, to muffle the sound canine arrives into the uh, the hallway uh, finds the guard Crow there and shoots and stuns him and then comes into the room as the doctor gives uh, Garon his communicator so that he can speak to Unsoft because he says, I only go one way, but you talk to him because he knows your voice. So Garon calls and warns him that the guards are going to come and search the um, concourse and that they know he's, they've tracked him there and to get out. So Binro gets up and takes action and Tells him there's only one place we can go, and that's into the catacombs. So the Doctor Ramana and Garon and K9 head out of the quarters. The Seeker is now in the concourse, and she does a reading again. Um, more chanting and stirring of the bones. Uh, Sherlock has his guards on all the exits. Uh, just waiting for them to find the thief. Binro and Unstoff enter the Hall of the Dead, and then they go through a door into the actual catacombs themselves. Romana, Garon, and the Doctor are outside of the concourse, see that the, all of the areas are guarded, but Garon goes off to check something, and Romana says to the doctor, well, while, he, while he's away, why don't we just sneak back to the, red, the relic room? We'll be unguarded. We can get the crown, uh, get the segment, and go. And the doctor says, well, don't assume anything. Why do you th how many times do you think the crown has seen the light of day? Um, and he gets her to figure out that 
the segment is the Jesmet because it said the could the core tracer change readings because Garen and Ernstorf had arrived in a, a different planet the day before they got there to do it. So Garen returns. Um, the doctor tells Garen that his friend must have gotten a message because his tracer points the way away from the concourse so Ernstorf is getting out of there. The seeker gives her her reading that he's beyond help now. No one can get to him because he is in the catacombs. He's in the place of bones. The Graf wants to follow him in there and the captain says well, his men will not go into the, the catacombs for his gold and risk the, the hull of the dead and where the ice gods live. And so it's, you know, you're on your own, <laughs> merchant. Unstoff <clears throat> and Binwell go on ahead, even though they seem a little scared. They hear growling up ahead, and Binwell tells Unstoff that, yeah, it's the Shrivenzal, they're down here too. You mean like the one that guards the rebels? Yeah, that's a small one. Dr. Roman and Garen enter the Hall of the Dead and are making their way towards the catacombs. The uh, Binro says that how this layer of larger Shrivenzals, um, they exist down there, must prove that there's a way out to the surface because they must go up there to hunt for a smaller prey and then come back down into the catacombs, so they should move on. Canine follow along behind, warns that there are life forms approaching behind them, so the doctor... Uh, rolls into one of the bays holding a skeleton. Uh, Garen and Romana roll into another one um, and try to be still and wait. The Graf and Shorlock head up the rear and um, are looking for the thief. I forget who, but somebody knocks a skull out of one of their... I thought it was the doctor. I thought it was the doctor. Okay, me too. Uh, knocks over a skull onto the ground which alerts the Graf and, Sh and Shorlock and they think the thief is up ahead and says no one will know how you how you've made a fool of the Graf Vindicay and then we end I don't think the Vindicay needs very much help no I don't being think so made either. a fool of no. No. So. I know we're not supposed to like his character but He's really over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, not a lot happens in this one. This one, this is more of the fillery one. I was trying to remember, okay, now how did this one end? I know it's been a while, and I couldn't remember exactly. It's like, oh yeah, the catacombs, then the seeker. Oh, the, the silly, seeker. The silly old lady, right? Well, yes. Um, she makes me think of a little bit of the uh, the old woman, the old seer woman in the um, the cave of skulls. Mm -hmm. 
kind of a very first episode, so close to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, old woman of a tribe, and she's got these powers, and this chanting and stuff. It, it's not too bad, you know. We we just see it as ridiculous because you know. It we, is. Well, it is. It's with, but for the this peasant people on this planet that um. You know, tend to that believe this kind of magic. You know, malarkey. This magic malarkey, yes. Um, I think they did a, a pretty good job of giving her a suitable costume. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. Creepy seer costume and this uh, interesting rhyming incantation she does, you know, to do her thing, do her readings. It, it's all right. It's, it's it's another element to the the people that, of the planet, which we've only seen a handful, of course, but you know of what they believe. Yeah. Uh, and then we we learn more about how backward they really are when we hear Ben Rose tale of how he thought. He had measurements of these stars, of these non-ice crystals in the sky, and, you know, how he thinks that there are other worlds and this and that, like Phoebos and Rebos. Um, it moves. Uh, had to have that little, that phrase in there for Galileo, you know. Yes. Um, ancient is, uh. You know, history, history books read Copernicus, Galileo, and Benro. Yeah. Not right. But uh, we're putting him on that, that par with someone who is suspecting more from the planets, um, from, the, from the heavens, and being shot down for it and what has happened to him. So, uh, but that really wasn't necessary. I think that if it was, you know, filler, that was mostly filler right there. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it was uh, the doctor talking to Garon and about his, his theft exploits and such. But I still think that kind of proved a little bit of a purpose. You know, the doctor's trying to find out more about the situation because they are trapped in the room. Um it builds a little bit of a relationship between he and Romana where you know he's used to being in this in these dire situations so he's you know still probably thinking a way out oh definitely but um, enjoying the moment and talking to this other, <laughs> other person from another world and just learning about them and sharing stories and such and she doesn't really understand that but I think he, he tries to teach her Part of me thinks he was trying to find out more about the Jethric just to know for sure that it was the he. Yeah. I but think. it's hard to say. Yeah, could be. Because, you know, if it is, then how did he get it? You know, how did it right. come into existence? Exactly. Is this if it's really part of the key to time? Yeah, so, so there's some purpose there, I guess. 
it is working on the um, the continue communicator device and there's a lot of like put your finger right here and then he's doing something and says to Garen you know keep your fingers crossed and she crosses hers and he goes not you <laughs> that was kind of amusing yeah again not necessary but something kind of amusing I was laughing as they go into the catacombs because it was um, the door to the catacombs was Haunted House squeaky. Yes. Well, Haunted House squeaky and Haunted House pink, essentially. You know, it was a flat oh, I didn't door. That. It was essentially a flat door, and they had painted on, like, the cross beams that, to make ah. it look and put, you know, the white line for the highlight and the dark for the shadow. I didn't and catch that. To make it look like. But there was a lot. It wasn't done really well. It was done more heavy handedly. Mm. Like, um, like an illustration in a book, really, more than scenery should really look like. <laughs> I could understand doing it, but it wasn't a, a really good job. It was a very hasty job, and I think it would have been better to just have a plain door than to see that. And then we see it again when the doctor and Imana and them enter. So it's like, it really should have just been a plain door. It looks worse having that painted on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't talked yet about uh, the captain and the few times we have seen him before. Well, I think we did at the time when we saw him and some of the oh, others. Because yeah. I said, oh, I recognized his voice and I recognized him. And I knew, and I was recognizing him from this. But he was it the first time was, was the fall or was that the second time? Oh, um, yeah, let me, I gotta look back because I can't remember now. I think we said Planet of Evil. So, originally he was in Spearhead from Space. Oh, right. That was, he was. And then he was also in, his real name is Prentice Hancock. He was in Spearhead from Space. Then he was in Planet of the Daleks. Mm -hmm. Also with Pertwee. And then Planet of Evil, which is a fourth doctor that we've covered. I think I noticed it most when he was one of the Thals on Planet of the Daleks. Mm -hmm. um, that I thought, oh, yeah, he was the captain. <laughs> yeah, the Shreve captain. The Shreve captain. That's all we really know his name. The Shreve captain. So, um, I, I think I, I like this part of the story less. There's some bits I like, like when they're the fingers crossed bit, and the, when the doctor finds out that Garen sells planets as mm. they're not mines, you know, it's like Garen's like dismissive, like that's small potatoes, you know. It's like he's thinking bigger now. He's moved on. He's moved up, and he sells entire planets now, and that just takes the doctor a little bit by surprise, which is kind of interesting to see. We learned the same about the graph. We don't know anything new from him, about him. I think we already knew that story, but that's what I was alluding to before. Yeah, for some reason, they chose to reiterate it, and I'm, I haven't figured out why. I don't know. Why they, they went over it again. 
felt like it wasn't enough of an explanation, or I they guess. felt that it would fit to talk about him again. here again. Um, it probably just is filler. Yeah, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense otherwise. Yeah. Seemed like something they would talk about, being in captivity as they are. But uh, it's, it's too bad they didn't just cut a little bit from... They wanted to have it here. They should have cut a little bit from the first time we hear about him. Yeah. So we didn't know quite so much at this at that point. Yeah, obviously, the doctor didn't know it already. Right. Because he wasn't there. Right. But we did. Yes. They forget that you know we can know the conversation between Garen and Unstall as much as we know the conversation between Garen and the doctor. Mm-hmm. Duh. Um, but you know third episode is going to have probably quite a bit of filler usually does Um, and then there's (laughs) canine you know as I said the door Katarda's door opens and canine rolls to the opening I left off through it and then bumps into the other door and stops yes (laughs) Which was kind of funny. <laughs> yes, and not through it. Uh, I don't think he fits through one side, does he? I didn't look like it. Probably not at that angle anyway. For the shot. But yeah. Rolls to a stop. Bumps into the side. Yep. <laughs> Rolls to a stop. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They run off out of the room. Says, "Can I? Let's go, can I? Don't stop at all the corners. Like, like he has a choice. <laughs> Not quite sure. I followed that one, but it's like, yeah, don't run too far ahead of him. You know, he can't keep up. Mark two is not any faster than Mark one. No. I might even think he's a little slower, but it's hard to say." <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I, I think it is good. I'm surprised she still thinks it's the crown in the case when she says, let's go back and get the segment mm. while everybody's occupied. Um, but it is a good way that the doctor turns her thinking around and says, well, how, how often do you think the crown's moved in three millennia? Yeah. Once or twice a century. But the segment moved. So I don't think it's that for that reason. And he walks her through figuring it out. You know. Yeah, and that was kind of interesting. Brings her to the same realization. How he worked her through it. Yeah. I thought that was quite good. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Cliffhanger. Shorter episode. So, um, again, Graf saying, kill threatening, em. kill them all, kill them, kill them all. Yeah. No one will see that they made a fool of me. So. So th- this one they did kind of stop right at that point. 
such as they, what they should have done last time. Although, however, it's really the same deal as last time. They just stopped in a better place. Yes. So, it's not very different. We didn't really talk about the fact that the cliffhanger reprise ended in a different place. Oh. Oh, yeah. It, it picks up not... Uh, it doesn't do the bit that we didn't like. Yes. Yes. That's how I remember it when I'd watch the movie version. Just right away, execute them, take aim. Wait, wait, wait. It's a, a, yes. a, a mistaken identity type in the thing. So they must have just... Uh, they just trimmed it differently. Trimmed it differently for yeah. the movie, which worked better, I have to say. You didn't even need to have that little extra bit there. Um, since we're talking about that opening again, I just love the part with the cringing terror. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Calls him a cringing cur. So the doctor says, yes, get up, you cringing cur. And then, don't hit the cringing cur. <laughs> and then tries to smack him with his own gloves. He's just, you know. Hey, now I'm going to defend him now, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that was a good point, though, that they had really recut that. And that worked a lot better. Mm hmm. So I wonder how they'll do the next one. <laughs> do you remember it being any different? Hmm. You did the last one. Yeah. No, uh, nothing. No other scene, I think, that they've inserted. Not sure I remember how it picks up, though. Mm. It's just been too long. For as yeah. much as I like it, it's just been too long. Same here. Anything else? No. All right. Well, join us tomorrow when we talk about the final episode of... The Rebos operation. And maybe we'll figure out for sure what the key to time actually is. Yeah. <laughs> Pretend we're like Romana. Maybe it's okay. the crown. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we'll talk about tomorrow. Join us then and thank you for listening.